Nice. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 99% where the real gains are made. We have uh, we have a big crew today. We've got four people. I think this is the first time there's been four of us. No, the the um, the CBD day. Oh yeah, right. Yep. Jay Jay made four too. Yep. All right, darn it. Okay. Well, I'm really excited about these four guests. So we have Marilyn, who already chimed in. Hey, what's up, guys? And then we have two special guests today. So that's super exciting. We have Troy Burns, who has been cycling since he was 13. He's been racing since the 90s, which is like I was in junior high or something. I didn't know what a bike was. Um, and yeah, he's been like multiple state champion, cat one on the road, cat one on the mountain bike. Um, yeah, just um, racing kind of forever and still racing when he can. So Troy, say hi. Hey. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Anything else uh, you want to throw in there? Um, no, not really. I mean, yeah, I think you covered it all. That's, that's good. Thank you. Also from Tucson, Arizona, which is Tucson. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also have Justin Dare, uh, a two decade long career in triathlon, Ironman Boulder champion. You're on the podium at Ironman Lake Placid. Uh, yeah. And yeah. raced over 40 Ironmans, which for those of you who don't know, that is a lot of Ironmans. Um, no longer racing so much right now, but still staying active and making sure other athletes are on the top of their game. So you're just doing some hard stuff with uh, with Chris the other day. Uh, he was pumping that up. I don't know if you look at that photo, you can see he's half-stepping me, which is his MO. So Oh, nice. The, uh, the difference now is I just turn around. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I just quit early. <laughs> I don't have to hang in there. So it works out. Fair enough. Well, we are super glad to have you today. Um, we have a really big topic. We are going to talk about a social media platform that I'd say most cyclists and many runners and a lot of triathletes all use. We're going to talk about Strava. Um, and this came from a, a conversation Marilyn had, so I'll let her do the intro on why we're talking about the Stravas today. Yeah. So, um, on Thursday nights, we do a really fun little social ride called beers and gears actually. And afterwards we all sit around and shoot the shit, have a beer. And we, we talk about different things and, and really often the conversation comes up everybody's on their phones and they're looking at their Strava and saying, Oh, I got this KOM or I got this kudos or this PR and they're really, you know, kind of going crazy about it and, and talking about all their Strava rides from the week. And it, and it seems to be pretty consistently every week. And one of the guys there, I had said, you know, I'm always sort of getting people's feedback of topics for us to talk about and from coaching perspectives and athlete perspectives. And uh, he said, you know, you should really, you should really talk about Strava and, and how we feel about it, how we think about it, how it uh, changes the way we might coach someone, what it's changed in terms of how people approach their training over the years, how we've used it as athletes. And that's why I was really excited to invite Troy and Justin is because we've got, you know, two people who have been on it from the very beginning, right? I mean, they've been on it since it started and used and evolved the way they've used it. And, and you know, Justin, you from an athlete perspective, but also a coaching perspective. And Troy, you really use it from a training perspective, but also have evolved into a social, the social aspect and really, you know, connected in the social aspect of, of Strava. And we were even saying before we started how it's evolved that way into its own animal. So 
um, pretty excited to, to have everyone on and talk about this. I think we could get, we could get a lot of different opinions going. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, even Troy and I have had conversations about like how fast group rides are and how that's kind of changed and, you know, whether it was a hard day in the group ride, just judging on like on the speed, looking at like the Strava files, right? Oh yeah. Um, like, yeah, yeah. You can look at the rides or you pick a specific like section of the ride. You can look at the weeks prior, how it adds up or matches up to, you know, previous weeks. And, you know, you kind of gauge whether it was hard harder, faster than it has been previous weeks. I don't know. I think that's kind of a good thing about it. Awesome. There we go. Kicking it off with the positive. I like it. Um, Mostly invited these two on to keep it positive. Marilyn, the old, no, I, I think I have lots of positive things to say too. So Justin, you've been using it as an athlete for a really long time yourself. So in 2012 at the, when, Endurance Corner had a Tucson camp um, was the first time I had heard of it. And there were a couple psych, couple cyclist triathletes from the Bay Area and uh, Gordo, who knew someone involved with Strava, um, were, were kind of explaining it to me. And, and I didn't really, I was sort of confused a little bit. I was like, what, what exactly are you saying? They're like, well, you know, you can upload these Garmin files and there's sort of these mini segments on a, on a open course that people can post their times it was, uh, kind of the, kind of what encompassed it entirely. And, um, so we actually like, because it was in such the early days, we tried to get the lemon KOM, you know, which now would be like a half hour faster, but you know, at the time there just, there weren't really many, many people. So that's kind of where like at that camp is where I, I set up a profile, you know, and uploaded a Garmin file for the first time and, and started using it. And I wasn't actually quite as, I mean, I guess I was active. Um, I think maybe at the time it was limited only to cycling, um, you know, later with running and stuff like that. So I was definitely active from, from early on, but I would go through phases. There'd be times where I'd be using it, um, pretty frequently. And then times where I wasn't, and there wasn't really a reason for that. It just was, um, just wasn't really a platform that I was engaged in all the time. I think, you know, now I engage with it with most of the workouts that I do. Um, but at that time I was kind of hit or miss. That's kind of how I am. Like uh, I've done like, you know, at one point, you know, you're trying to get a KOM or you're trying to beat your last fastest time. And then other points, you know, I did wasn't even connected. And now I'm kind of using it more like a, social media type thing. I don't use Facebook anymore, very little bit on Instagram, but I like looking at the pictures and <clears throat> what other people are doing. I'm sorry. <laughs> For a group. <clears throat> Excuse me. For rides and, <laughs> and everything else. Bravo. <laughs> it's making every, it's making me feel bad about yeah, myself. <laughs> so choked up. <laughs> so that oh, sorry. I'm sorry. That leads me to a question. Um, an athlete actually asked me about myself. And then if I knew about other people about only sharing some things on Strava, like, do you ever purposely not put your workouts up there? Or like when you're feeling good, do you tend to post more or like, do you, yeah, I guess, do you change when or how much you put stuff on Strava based on how well you're riding or is it just kind of like, like random? I, from, I, I, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, well, I, per I actually did when I was racing, um, if, if I thought something went 
exceptionally well, I would sometimes keep it private for a little bit of time. And that actually wasn't about uh, not wanting people to see what I was doing. I had more of like, I didn't really want to get complacent with kudos for training. So I was like, this is all about racing. Like I want, I want to prove something in racing or do something in racing. So I didn't want to get a lot of accolades for my training. So it wasn't really like I was trying to hide it to be sort of clandestine about what it is that I was doing. It was more just, I didn't want to be patted on the back before it really mattered. Um, and I think I became a little less concerned. Like it, it now, like as time went on, it kind of changed because um, so many people were on Strava, it was hard to really have like a standout ride, <laughs> at least in Boulder. Right. So then I didn't really care as much, but if it was going to be like, oh, this ride is going to have, you know, a ton of KOMs or something like that. And I, I just would be like, no, nah, I'll just pull myself off the board. Um, and uh, so that was, that was a personal decision, but um, I didn't, uh, other than that, I was, I was pretty open about sharing what I was doing or like if I had intervals or something, if you looked in the file, you'd be able to see my numbers. Gotcha. Um, that's, that's super interesting. I've, I've never heard that perspective for people not putting their stuff on Strava. Um, yeah, I like that. That's good. I'd be kind of the opposite. I, I had both my hips replaced and each time afterwards, like I never put any rides on there. Cause it'd be like a five mile ride or a 10 mile ride and it'd be at 10 miles an hour, you know, and I wasn't even keeping track of it. Um, so I wasn't putting, putting those rides on, or even like, if I'm not feeling really fit, um, I wouldn't put any rides on there. Not for any other, not because I'm worried about what people think. It's just cause I'm not even really engaged in the app at the time because I'm not really, I'm not doing anything special or spectacular as far as like trying to match some of my previous numbers. And I mean, my, my good numbers are all 10 years ago, <laughs> not, not now. Um, but um, so, you know, just coming back from injury and stuff like that, you know, I, I didn't even bother with it. Yeah. I feel like I always try and make sure I, take pictures if I'm like mountain biking or like going for a ride with Amy or something. I'm like, Oh, I need to like have a reason for why I was going 12 miles an hour. Just so everybody knows <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. like on my TT bike, just like going 12. Um, but yeah, yeah Marilyn, I mean, do you have any experience? Oh, sorry. No, I was just, one other thing I was going to say is, uh, you know, I, I really liked trying to, uh, piece together sort of create like creative rides. Um, you know, <clears throat> I've, I often found people saying, you know, even in Boulder that I would do rides that they wouldn't have considered or like linking things together. And so it wasn't necessarily about performance. It was just like, Hey, this is something, you know, think outside the box a little bit, try these different routes, try linking it together this way. Uh, I liked doing that. I thought that it was able to showcase something that wasn't really about performance. It was more just about adventure. And I think that's like that sometimes is a piece that gets overlooked is, is how often it, helps people find different places to ride or train and, or if you're traveling and being able to kind of look up, oh, these are different, these are where people ride around here and that sort of thing. I mean, that's a really helpful component of, of Strava overall. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in New Hampshire right now. And that's like I was saying before the podcast, I'm now a premium Strava member for that reason, because I wanted to be able to look at the heat map and find rides and, um, and yeah, it's been super helpful for me being able to like draw routes and see 
see where roads are paved or not. Cause it turns out there's a ton of not paved roads out here and uh, the road just like stops being paved randomly. And there's no good way on any other app that I could find to tell me if a road is paved or not. But like Strava has the feature where it's like, Oh, this route you just created is 20% paved. So I'm like, Oh, maybe that's not the route I want to take my TT bike on. Um, so yeah, that has been a, a really helpful feature for me while I've been here. I actually want to touch from a coaching perspective on something really important that you said, Jay, which is, you wanted, you pulled the rides that were really good off because you didn't want to get kudos for it. And you were saving those for times that you were racing and that there was an actual gun that went off with a start line and finish line. And that's one of the points that I think is really important to talk about is that if you're someone who needs the motivation and PRs on certain segments and, and that kind of thing is your racing and that's what your goals are. And it, and it gives you the motivation to get out there and and really go after certain segments and, and be on a leaderboard. And that's what you're training for. I think that, you know, that's really cool. And that's, um, you know, provides that, especially through a year like this last year with a pandemic where people weren't getting to go to races. So it gave them an opportunity to race and be motivated and get out there and go after those things. But on the flip side of that, if people get really, really caught up in it and they are racing constantly, maybe it, it was meant to be an easy ride that day, like a day before a really hard group ride, and all of a sudden they can't let it go. They're on a segment that they know they do all the time. They know their ride's going to automatically upload and they know that everybody's going to be watching. And like you said, Jesse, right? You said, oh man, I needed a, I need to post a photo so people know why I was only going 50 miles an hour. Like I've run with people that just can't let it go. And then they never ride easy. And every time they hit one of those segments, whether they're actually getting better as an athlete for when it matters on the start line or not, they're just drilling it because there's a Strava segment. So I think, you know, there's real positives to it in terms of motivation. And, and, you know, some people are super motivated by saying like, oh, I have to do these intervals. I'll do it on these segments and I'll get more out of myself because I know all these people are going to be watching me afterwards. And they, they pull out things that they might not have prior to Strava. Right. And they get better performances. But again, like I say, on the other side of that, where does it become a problem where people are comparing themselves so much that it becomes negative or that they're, always racing Strava. And then by the time they actually get to a start line, they're too tired or when it really matters, they can't do it because they've, they've been busy racing Strava all the time. I don't tell me you guys, your thoughts on that. I would say that I think you, it's sort of a chicken and the egg thing. Like I don't necessarily think that Strava is bringing that out in that type of athlete. Um, I wasn't there before, like they would probably be having those tendencies uh, in other settings. I mean, maybe Strava allows more opportunities for that. Um, and so, so maybe it's not as healthy in that perspective, but I think they would probably be dealing with, you know, racing and training as a, a tendency to begin with. And, and there's a, like, I, I do, I really only have one athlete who I, I will specifically say no Strava on certain days where I'm like, cause it really kind of depends on where you are in the country, you know, in certain parts of the country, KOMs are easier to get, you know, so you can, you can actually not be riding or running as hard as possible and be getting on the leaderboards. But if you're in a competitive place like Tucson or Boulder, then it could be like, not really such, such a good idea to be doing that. Um, but even still, you know, I, I will sometimes specify, specify no Strava, which doesn't mean don't post on Strava. It means you cannot do anything with the intentions of like, a Strava leaderboard segment whatsoever, because I want you to sort of detach yourself from that. Um, and so 
Uh, yeah, I would, I would just say that I think that problem goes a little bit deeper, deeper than just being on Strava and probably being an overall issue regardless of the medium in which they're operating. Yeah, I feel like I've had a lot of easy rides or easy runs where people have been like, oh, like the wind was right. So I just went for this small segment. Right. And it's like, well, now it's no longer an easy ride that, um, and I think, like you said, that there's more opportunities there where that might've not been something they would have thought about before Strava. But I will say, like you said, those same people might be running at 705 pace for the average for the run. They're like, oh, I'm going to drop at six minute mile, the last mile to get my overall pace under seven. Cause I want the Garmin to say 659 at the end for my overall pace. Right. And so like with technology, this problem has been evolving. Um, and it's, it's not a new problem, but now everyone can see it and everyone can see that everyone else is doing it. And, and so it does offer some peer pressure for you to, to do that. If that was a tendency you kind of maybe already had, but yeah, I do agree. It's, it's an embedded problem. Um, but yeah, even now, like you can get the, the segments pushed to your Garmin heads. So you're like, Oh, it's about to start. So even if you're on an easy ride, you're seeing all these like starting lines coming up and you're like, Oh, we were just go for this. We're just even talking about that. And and like Troy's really active in the whole Strava community of people, you know, they they as soon as the rides are done, the group rides, a whole bunch of them are texting one another about about how this, you know, how the ride went, how it compared, how you're comparing to others, that kind of thing. And um I'm you're always hearing all these computers like bloop, 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 and I'm like, I don't because I'm not on it. I'm like, what's going on right now? What's happening? All of a sudden we're going really fast. I'm like, what is what is even oh, happening? Oh, like right the now? like the sections, you know, whenever like a segment comes up and it'll say like, you know go and then yeah, uh, yeah. or if you get off route or whatever you know so people are like uh, they instantly like want to go whether you're in a you know easy ride or not like you were saying um and it is kind of like it does kind of get annoying if you're riding with a bunch of people and and, and some people are on it and some people aren't you know and they're like what are we doing you know next thing you know there's somebody will be like oh there's, there's a strava segment here you know or something like that and um you know, it, it just depends on, you know, who or, or the type of athlete you're riding with, you know, um, kind of like what, what you were saying, as far as like, um, you know, in, in, the, in the training part of it, you know, like people wanting to, you know, whenever they're doing, they just can't help themselves or go easy, you know, on certain sections, because there's a segment and they know they have a PR and the wind is right. Like Jesse said, like, I always say that like every KOM has a tailwind behind it. Um, <laughs> that's true or not, but you know, I mean, it probably is because it's a good day. The conditions are perfect. You know, you get slingshotted off a group or. Yeah. I mean, you gotta like, I mean, if, if KOMs are the single goal, I mean, unless it's a very, very, very steep isolated climb, I mean, it's the wild west, you know, I mean, it's going to be yeah. like, it was done in a group ride with the tailwind with the whatever. I mean, that's Motor just. Motor pacing or oh, like new pavement. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you've got to be able to, I, I think it's really good. I do think it's, it's uh, really good for comparison purposes. If you're like, um, there's certain areas that you ride over the course of a season or something, you're kind of able to look at data points across. Um, you know, I used to always use, I used to do a ride that was a climbing ride that finished with the Flagstaff ascent. And, and I would just be able to, instead of having like a, really tracking the data myself, I was able just to use a few segments um, and then just kind of compare across the season and be like, okay, you know, the time's coming down. Um, it wasn't going to be for a KOM, but it was relative to my own personal progression across seasons. So in that case, I was sort of using it as a training tool or a training journal, I guess, so to speak. 
Um, so there's a lot of data. That's like your intervals like that, that by, by the conversation we're having, there's so, you know, as a coach, you write people's training and you're giving them a really structured workout, or maybe you go out and mine you. I mean, you've been riding since you were 13, there's certain workouts that, you know, and it's like, has the idea of structured intervals just changed now with Strava? It's like, let's just link these segments together. And is that more productive than old school intervals or is it? you know, I mean, I think, I, I do not think it should really be used in that context. I mean, I think if you have a structured workout, you should just do the structured workout in the best, you know, logistical place for it. Or, and, you know, whatever, you know, if you need a flat, flat, continuous road, you do it on flat, continuous road and you shouldn't be, uh, you know, you don't race intervals, right. You, you target intervals at a specific intensity. And so, no, I don't. I mean, that there you're talking about um, kind of two different things because it's like maybe maybe a, a good way to do it would be like, you know, you can you can do this interval on a section where, you know, it would cover a segment, but you need to be within the parameters of the workout. Mm -hmm. You can't chase, you know, um, the same thing in anything. You know, if you're running on the track, like every 400 is not four time. It's like a target time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, like for me, I mean, doing intervals, I have a hard time doing structured intervals. So sometimes like if I can visualize where I need to get, um, like for instance, like going to Molino Basin, which is like five and a half miles up Lemon, you know, I have a target time or whatever. I know that I want to get there in that certain amount of time. And that's kind of nice because I can look at that and then you can look at how many times you've ridden it. I've ridden it several hundred times and I can kind of pick my time. Like if I, I knew I did a good effort, you know, then I could look back and say, well, shoot, I haven't gone that fast since 2018, you know? Um, so then, you know, like, well, well, that was a solid effort or a good ride. For sure. For sure. So, so for, the, for those things, I mean, it's kind of good. Um, just kind of having like a visualization, like where exactly you're trying to get in 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever you're in interval is if you know i mean um i'm not coached so i'm just kind of winging it <laughs> no but i think if if you're doing that kind of like research on your own you're like okay i've got 20 minute intervals and i know from milepost zero to molino takes me like whatever it is 22 minutes you're like okay this is a pretty good place to do it and maybe you know you you say, Hey, Justin, can I do 22 minuters? Cause that's going to be perfect for this instead of 20 minuters. And I don't know what Justin would say, but, but like, you know, maybe you can find a segment that matches up with your workout and, and have a little back and forth there. If that's a motivation you need. Yeah. Um, but that, that would fall in line with what I think, you know, suits you logistically. Like, um, I mean, I was actually often a geography sort of rider as well. Like I, I liked doing you know, a certain, like if it was a climb, I liked finishing at the top of a climb or to a certain point versus a time on the climb. Um, I would usually say you start with time and then progress to geography. So when you're not fit, do time uh, so that you're not forcing something too early. And then when you're fit, you can use geography. Marilyn, do you have athletes that use Strava like for their intervals or do you try and keep those things separate? I, I don't include Strava in my training plans whatsoever. And in fact, it's something I kind of, um, most of my athletes are on Strava and they all really like it. And, um, you know, I think it's, it provides for some good motivation and for some, I spend time managing them 
like I talked about earlier, maybe mentally or emotionally based on what feedback it's giving them. Some of it's positive and some, for some people it's negative and I have to encourage them to, to not be on it. So no, I don't use it for any, we stick to the training plan. And if they want to incorporate it for fun and use it as a, a social outlet, which is like we were talking about earlier before we got on is it's really evolved into a big social outlet it would be the same for me. I'm like, if you're on Instagram, go for it. That has nothing to do with our training and our coaching relationship. You know, if Strava, I'm like, if you're on it, great, go for it, whatever you want to do. But this has nothing to do with our actual training plan. We're going to stick to the plan. One thing I do like about it as a coach for my athletes, where I will use it is if I have an athlete coming, going to a town where I know someone who's ridden there a lot and I can pull it for maps. So like you were saying, Justin, you know, it's like actually a good it's a good map or Jesse, you're saying like, oh, you know, it's Strava's the one app that showed you the dirt, the road turns to dirt. So I probably shouldn't be on there. So I've used it a lot for athletes with that. It's like, okay, hey, you've never been to this town before. Go to this person's Strava. They've they've done it, you know, that route 10 different times and they can upload it right on their Garmin. So in that case, I find it really helpful. And um, and and that would be the really the only way that I've used it with my athletes. I, I, I've used it. I mean, I've, I've lived in Tucson my whole life and I've ridden everywhere, but I, I still use it locally. Like just, I see a ride that might be interesting. It's got like the right elevation and the right distance. And I'll kind of like look at it and see how somebody puts a ride together. And I'll say, oh, okay. I never really thought to even put it together like that. And it makes it a little bit, it makes it a little bit better. Cause then you've got an idea. If you pull up their ride, you can see how fast they did it, how long it'll take. You know, if you want to do this many miles and climb this much and you've only got three hours or whatever, um, then you'll kind of have an idea and you won't get a halfway out there if you're just planning it in your head. And then like, oh crap, now I got to find a way to cut it short and ride across town as fast as I can because I got an appointment or a meeting or something like that. You know, so it kind of gives you a good idea of like how long, oh, the specifics of the ride, you know, I like that even locally here. So Jesse, do you use it at all in your training with your, your people or even your own training? I mean, I know you're on there and you, you post a lot, but um. um, so I, I'll, I'll use it basically like we were talking about earlier to help athletes if they're struggling to find a good place to do a workout. And, but I don't ever say like, Hey, go out and do this Strava segment. Actually, that's a lie. I have had told an athlete to go do a Strava segment before there's, um, but it's something he's done and it's, it's a good climb and it happened like the Strava segments, the entire climb. So I would tell him to do the climb anyways but it is a nice way to just say, Hey, you know, go do this Strava segment and then we'll have, but again, to like, to Justin's point earlier is that I will have power targets that I won't just be like, Hey, go try and get this KOM. Like, let me go ride this segment at, at this power. Um, but yeah, in general, I don't use it in, in coaching at all. Um, and I do have to tell people like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, I don't want you to sprint at all in this ride, please. There should be none of that, no matter what. Um, and then in my own training, I just, I actually think it's a very good visual. Like all my stuff goes to training peaks as well. And I look at it there, but I think if I'm like on my phone and want to look at something, I think that the Strava app is, does a much better, like visual, easy visual representation on your phone. If you don't want to do like a deep dive. So I'll upload it and I'll do a quick glance at whatever it was there because yeah. I, yeah. I've, so I've, I've found that similarly with people that I coach, I'm like, it actually fits in my feed. I'm kind of getting like a quick glimpse of what everyone, where they chose to ride or run or whatever, you know, like I kind of, 
Um, obviously I can do a delve in the training peak side of things, but it is actually like more of like a quicker snapshot. And I kind of have, I don't know, it is, there's more data points there as well. So you can kind of, you can use it to complement uh, what you're seeing in training peaks as well. Um, but Jesse, I got a question for you. Cause you said that you just listened to a podcast with two of the founders. Yes. And I was just kind of wondering if they, you know, is Strava, is where it is now what they were envisioning or has it progressed into something that they didn't really anticipate or, and is there a place where they see it going? So, I mean, bear in mind, this is their creation. So they're super positive about everything. Yeah. Um, but their, their idea was kind of like they rode crew together and they wanted to create someplace that had that, like that locker room vibe that was super motivating where they're in the crew locker and everyone's like getting jazzed up, heading out to the boats and like, man, like as an adult training on my own, I don't have that camaraderie, that, that, that motivation from other people anywhere. So that was kind of like their impetus is like, get that locker room vibe out in the world. Um, and their other, their other goal. Yeah. is basically just to motivate. And they, they defined an athlete as a person who sweats or some some play on those words. And, uh, and so they're really kind of trying to broaden that definition of like who can be on Strava. And I don't know if you've looked recently, but they're really adding oh, a yeah. ton more activities on there. Like you can Anything. put your basketball game on there. You can walk your dog on there, whatever. And so they're really trying to help people, I think, get out there and be proud of being active in any way they can. And I mean, yeah, I just listened to the podcast. So of course I'm like, oh, they were so inspiring. That's great. Like they're out yeah. there to motivate. But I, I think that was the bottom line is that's what they were trying to do. And they started specifically with cycling because cyclists are willing to buy the gear and want to see the data. And so they were like an, an easy demographic to say, okay, cyclists are going to use this product. Yeah. Um, and now they've been expanding. And I think that ex expansion was intentional and I think that that social camaraderie and that giving people like you can't dislike a workout, you know, you can only give it kudos. Yeah. Um, so it's <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> well, the good rides get a lot more kudos. Though. Well, I mean, right. I, so you, I, yeah, it's also a very focused. It's also a very focused social group. It's it's not like your Instagram or Facebook feed where like your drunk uncle's going to hop on there and <laughs> say something to people that, you know, what I mean, like it's really not getting like a cross section of. It's really like, oh, these people are into this stuff and we're all kind yeah, of the out out of it. So there's a little microcosm to kind right. of exist in. And um, so, you know, you can be a little maybe forthright with your stuff because it's not really like boasting or something because it's sort of the medium that people want to consume it. Right. If you're like and talking over and over about like your workouts on on another platform like Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, it might seem, I don't know, just you post your Strava ride on Facebook. I don't know. I don't see that too often. <laughs> or even, well, I mean, like, you know, it's sort of, there was more sharing of like workout structures and things of that nature that became a little, um, I don't know. It just kind of wasn't really, it was a little bit taboo. Over I have time. a question for all three of you. Have any of you at any time changed your training that you're personally doing based on the Strava that you're watching of your like either friends or competition, like say you're getting ready, like just on a date, like your day-to-day -day week, 
or like what you're doing out there. You're watching like different Strava and your friends on Strava or your competition on Strava. Have you ever been like, oh, I need to actually change my training based on what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure I know what you guys are going to say, but I am actually just curious if that's ever happened or even just entered your mind. Like, uh, you know, you're in a training block and you're watching certain, certain training and, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go do this because so-and-so is doing this on Strava. Cause I hear that pretty often, actually. <laughs> I'm going to go first yeah. so I can be wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say a hundred percent. I have <laughs> not, not changed what I'm doing immediately, but I've gotten ideas from Strava. I've saying, Oh, like you did that ride with, with those that work in it. And, you know, you can even go, like, look at like what they're doing for a percent or like, you know, I can look at runs and say, Oh, that's actually like a kind of a good run workout. So I've not been like, Oh, I'm going to go do that 20 mile run tomorrow because Justin did it. And that looks like a really good idea, but I might say, okay, like this is, this might be a good workout that I can kind of put in my bag of tricks and th maybe throw in later. Yeah. But that, I think that's smart. I mean, I, I, I think what you're doing there is you're saying I'm sticking to my plan but I'm taking into account what others are doing for future planning uh, and using it, you know, sort of, I'm going to ruminate on it and, and think about it and then use it effectively. It's not, Oh, I feel like I'm not doing enough in this very moment. So I need to do more tomorrow. Um, I think there's a big difference in that. I think learning from others is, is complete. I mean, we're all sort of always been learning from what other people have been doing and putting our own take on it and, uh, you know, no one's just making this stuff up from the ground up. So I don't think there's anything wrong. And what I think what you're doing is, is smart and, and responsible to progression, frankly. Um, I mean, I feel like in Boulder, that was, I mean, for prior to Strava, I mean, you were basically, everyone was training here. So you knew what everyone was pretty much doing. So you had to have a pretty strong constitution as to this is my plan and I'm not going to try and do three people's plans. That definitely, I saw a lot of people fall victim to that here in town for sure is, is really being caught up in what other people are doing. And that had nothing to do with Strava. And, and so that might be worse for them because now they can see what someone in England is doing or what someone in Australia is doing on top of what everyone in Boulder is doing. Those people go but, crazy pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, you have to, I mean, there, there is, you know, I always say like, the, the best plan is the one you believe in. So you got to just kind of pick your plan, stick to it, see it through. And then when it's done, assess what did and didn't work, make adjustments, move forward. Um, if you're never seeing anything through, you never really know what did or didn't work. Troy, you're, we talked a little bit earlier about how you're, you're not on a specific plan and not actually coach, but you use Strava. Is there times where you picked what you're going to do that week based on what your social community in Strava is doing? Is I, that, I, don't that? Know. I, I may or may not have uh, Strava stocked uh, my competition before an event. Um, I definitely looked, you know, I, yeah, I've, I've looked at people's, what, I haven't changed how I ride or what the training I'm doing um, at that time, kind of like what Jesse touched on. I mean, I'm like the guy that goes to the gym and I see this guy that looks like what I want to look like. And I see him, doing a specific exercise and I make a mental note of it. I don't do it while he's right there, but next time I'll do it. You know what I mean? Smaller so, weights. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, I'll, I'll do something like that. You know, and some guys, I mean, you can pick whether you want people to see your Strava. And I, I think there's even a, a, a section on there where you can like eliminate like your power data or your interval data. I'm not hundred percent sure, 
but um, some guys that are, you know, really good and competent and they're just like, I don't care what everybody, anybody can look at my stuff. And if, you know, when it comes to race day, if they can put it out, then they can. And other people want to keep it private because they don't want other people to know what they're doing or what their numbers are and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, I've, I've used it, but, um, you know. Have you ever changed your race, like your preparation or anything like that based on what you're seeing, Jay? Uh, no, I mean, I, 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 well, I mean, I would say I'm, I would definitely be doing some of the same things that y'all are talking about in terms of watching what others are doing, watching what works. I mean, I was always interested in trying to make tweaks and adjustments. And, um, but I mean, I'd also get that from just colleagues. Like, what are my friends doing? What are their coaches implementing in their programs? What am I seeing working? What am I not seeing working? Um, you know, I think, um, I think anybody could fall victim to that, but I don't think that that would be, um, you know, you're never going to get anything hundred percent right. So sometimes like you're taking your chance on yourself based on what you saw someone else doing and it didn't work, but it doesn't necessarily mean it was a bad idea. Just like didn't end up working. Right. Um, it's like, you can't just always do the same thing though and expect to continue to improve. So you got to be looking for those little ways to find differences. Um, and jumping back to athletes, stalking athletes, I used to have a, a power meter that gave me like a good 50, 60 Watts. <laughs> so my Strava looked incredible. I feel like I must've at least scared some people if they ever looked at it because yeah, my, my Watts were really high for like a year and a half there. It was great. I think that's the other thing to take into consideration with all this stuff or, and remind people, I know we all know it. It's at the front of our mind, but like he said, it could be that it could be user error that something's not set up right. Or someone could be on a tandem or someone could be, you know, like we said, being motor paced or in there in a group ride or so you really have to take into consideration when you're looking at this stuff, if you are using it as feedback on how to, you know, what can I do better in my training based on these 10 people I'm seeing do this workout, that kind of thing. Make sure that you're keeping those things in mind. So you're not completely changing your own beliefs and what you know works for you not knowing the whole story behind just one snapshot picture, right? I mean, it's still, that's, that's also important to remember. So I'll, yeah. I'll pose a question to y'all of if, if uh, the Strava boardroom invited you in and said, you know, what, you know, what can we make happen for you? What would be the next, next thing you would like to see? What could make Strava better uh, either for you personally, people you coach or just the kind of the community as a whole? what would be your suggestions or suggestion if you could limit it to one thing? I think there's a real, a real danger element in, in some of the KOMs and I know they're working on that. I know they've, they've definitely like tried to eliminate segments that go through lights and things like that. But I, so, but I think you can always do more to address that. And I think that again, some of the onus is on the athlete there. It's obviously you're, self if you're putting yourself in danger but i think doing what they can to really try and keep athletes safe is um yeah i don't know something that can always be worked on um, I, I agree with that i mean I, I we were talking about that earlier some people you know um you're hoping for a green light or they'll run through even a yellow light or without even thinking about traffic or stop signs even just to get like a kom you know i mean which um, is, is not, you know, it's definitely not worth your safety, but, um, 
you know, yeah, if there's, I, I know it's hard because people add segments on the daily. Um, you know, I could add 10 segments on, on, on a ride that we did today and I'd be the KOM on all of them. Um, but, uh, until tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that I agree with, um, I guess, can't really think of anything else that I would add to it because it's gotten so big and like people have used, I mean, like, look at Phil Guyman's made a career out of it. Um, chasing KOMs all over the country. Um, well, that's kind of cool. Um, so I'm, but I guess the safety part of it is my big, my, my only big thing. Um, the maps, I, I think the maps maybe could be a little bit better or maybe like a point to point, you know, like, or, or like, a, um, you know, give you directions like on certain maps, you know, it'd be easier to read rather than having to zoom in and say, okay, well, this road goes here, this road goes there. I mean, that's asking a lot though. It's, it's, it's kind mm -hmm. of be the only thing, maybe directions. Yeah. I don't know if I have a really great answer for you there because I'm, you know, I'm not super active on it. This is a, you know, one of those topics where it's a big community that I'm honestly not a huge part of. I, I try and regulate people's mentality and I observe people's, um, you know, decisions and how it affects them as athletes and making good decisions for themselves and bad decisions for themselves. And how can we use it as a motivator and how do we need to be careful that it's not harming them? And that's really been my job as it's become a part of coaching, but I, I'm not really active on it myself. So I don't have a great answer. The one thing that only ever concerns me from a female perspective and male, I guess, too, is that, you know, I know there's the feature that you can block off, you know, within a certain parameter of where you start and finish all of the time, but making safety features, you know, continuing to improve on those as far as, you know, if, if there's somebody out there tracking you all of the time, is there a way for us to know really, really clearly who's watching you, how often, that kind of thing. And, and I know there is features as far as you can choose who your friends are, who see your workouts, make them private, that kind of thing. But is there, is there more that they can do to continue to make it safer that, that you wouldn't run into any trouble with someone, you know, finding out where you live or, or stalking you on your rides or your runs, or you're in any kind of safety situation. So I think, I think all of our concerns would mostly be improvements on, on safety more than anything. If there's, if there's going to be like a, a concerning improvement. What about you, Jay? Uh, I think all your safety points are um, really valid and, and probably the most important to be honest. Uh, so I won't kind of hit up on that any further because I think y'all have made some really good points there. Um, I'd say it's not really necessarily with the the app itself or less so the functionality of it, but I know that they have been um, sort of collecting data to try to help with city planning and infrastructure and trying to um, sort of figure out what could make roads safer or situ you know or like oh hey this is an area where a lot of people run or something like that maybe it could be maybe certain city or urban planning could be done to better accommodate what people are doing and and uh and therefore encouraging it more um so basically like taking a step beyond uh where they are just as like a sort of a social media workout platform and starting to be um sort of incorporated into you know, either advocacy for, for different city planning or working with um, 
specific engineer. I mean, I don't know. I'm going really broad with this, but I'd be like, you got it. You know what a lot of people are doing. And so let's do that to make the world better for everybody because of that, uh, in that situation. And, uh, I think there's a lot that could be done. I don't know what sort of, um, there might be challenges with privacy sharing or something. I don't know how much of your data, if you can just say like, Oh, 10,000 people rode on this road today is sort of just a, I don't know if that's privatized some way or if that's sort of public knowledge because you went ahead and uploaded it and they, they have the right to say that. So I don't know where all the complications in that come, but I could, I guess I could see them being a bigger part of the future of, of uh, cycling and running within the context of, of the country and the world or in all sports or whatever, whatever it would uh, entail. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's a great point. I think with the heat mats being public, it seems like that's something that would be, could be public knowledge to anyone, yeah. especially if you cross-reference that with like where people are like getting hit, you're like, Oh, this intersection had right. X amount of people that got hit. And, and there's 10,000 people that are riding that let's put a crosswalk in, you know, right. Right. Yeah. things like that. Yeah. Don't, don't Strava on the bike path either. Unless you're running, <laughs> run, run, don't bike. Um. Uh, it, it was, it was interesting over time, you know, running was very light on Strava, even when it was a function, you know, whereas now I feel as though running is, it's not at, it's never, I don't think anything was ever going to be as big as cycling is, um, frankly, mm. unless you had some other sport that, uh, wasn't sort of endurance based, but, um, but, I, but running is definitely very much embraced trauma over time, much more so than it, I would have thought actually. I mean, do, do you think as the barrier to entry, like garment prices come down and everything like that, runners could become a larger market because there are so many more runners than cyclists, right? Well, and, and I think the, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, that's, um, I don't see why not. seems to make sense to me. I think the thing with Strava is, uh, I think the thing with Strava is that with cycling is that, you know, cycling has all those, that wild west component, you know, see, like sometimes you go fast and it doesn't necessarily, like if you see a Strava segment and someone's running a five minute mile and you run 10 minute miles, it's just not in your wheelhouse. Right. Right. But you know, there's lots of ways to go 30 miles an hour on a bike. You can do it. You can do it a very hard way, or you can do it kind of an easy way, or, you know, you can have a tailwind, you can have a group. I mean, I think, I think some of that component of it, um, makes it a little more fun. And I think just, yeah, I think being on Garmin's on cycling has always been a little bit ahead of, of running. Um, I do think there's one thing that coaches could could benefit from it that maybe haven't maybe some have thought of it some haven't especially with uh, the college programs and that kind of thing as well as is talent ID you know if there's there's new new athletes out there if you're watching certain things you can sort of you can watch what they're doing over time or maybe even there's new people out there if you're you know recruiting for teams that kind of thing there can be an element of of recruiting good athletes that maybe aren't that well known yet and uh, I think as coaches that's a good way to to get an idea of maybe some new athletes that are out there if you're trying to trying to pick someone like if they're a great runner and you see that they ride their bike a little bit as well and you're noticing they are doing some loops and you're like oh hey this person actually rides pretty fast but it's clear that they're a cross-country runner you might get in touch with them and say, Hey, you might be a really great triathlete and, and reach out to them and have a, a new superstar on your hands. So I think from a coaching perspective, it could be used that way as well. 
or the other way around. The athlete tries to get attention by say, Hey, you know, I've got, I've got my workouts uploaded here. You can check it out all in one place um, at any time, you know, it's, instead of like trying to get in and talk to them, do this and that, like all the data is there. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Nice. Do you guys have any, I guess, uh, like do's or don'ts or things you like to see athletes not do or do on Strava to kind of, I don't know, give, give people like a, a coach's perspective on maybe an effective way to use Strava as a tool for them. I, I do really like the community support. Like I love that all my athletes are friends with one another and follow one another. And like, we go honestly, like from the camps every year, then everyone's connected. And then they, there is that real element. Like you had said, their, their goal of the company was to develop that locker room feel of daily support. And, and I think that that's, that's really cool. And it's really important for amateur athletes. And that idea that people, you and what I when I started when we started this podcast I talked about how we even got on this conversation was that I meet with a group of people then then sit around and have a beer and get excited about this conversation and I think anytime people are sitting around or or are even apart from one another and they're excited about something that everybody else is doing that has a positive effect because everybody's going to keep going out and trying harder and getting out there the next day and, and have, know that they have support and know that they're having fun with their friends or, you know, you used to have to get together with your friends and throw a football around or whatever. And now it's like, Hey, we can get together and talk about this and banter and poke fun at one another and check in on one another and all that stuff. And so I think I, from a coaching perspective and keeping people motivated and connected, and especially as adult athletes, I think that that's pretty special for sure. Yeah. I, I'll, I will agree with that. I mean, I, I'd like, you know, as far as from what I've seen from a social standpoint, 99% of the feedback on Strava is positive. I I'd hardly, I don't even think I can think of a time where I've seen guys banter and go back and forth and somebody talking trash about somebody else's ride. I mean, I'm sure it, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I see it a lot more on every other platform um a lot more than i would do on strava everybody if somebody does a killer ride i mean i'm even commenting on some of jesse's you know if i see something he did something big I'd be like whoa that was crazy you know how was that and you'll get 50 other people comment on it and 500 kudos or whatever um and it motivates you, know, you yeah, to get out the next you, day yeah. like oh well this oh, guy yeah, did like, 130 miles surely yeah. i can do 90 <laughs> yeah. you know like yeah. i don't know 50 maybe but um <laughs> So, yeah, so the positive part, you know, and it, like the locker room feel going back to that again. Um, so I kind of like that, you know, it's mostly positive and anything that gets people out the door, like Jesse said earlier, you know, and, and get motivated and excited about doing sport. Like, I don't know how many different ones there are on Strava now. I know that I saw like snowboarding and I know, Justin, you do rowing and, you know, seeing right. everything. So. Yeah, I don't really have uh, I don't really have do's or don'ts. I mean, I haven't. I, it may get to a point where there's a a problem that I'd have to address. I haven't so far seen that. Other than yeah, I mean, if if somebody go, were to go too hard in training, um, because they're racing their training at an inappropriate time, that's something I would try to avoid. Having said that, when I do have somebody who responds really well to group environments, um, or to like those competitive things, I don't try to eliminate it. Uh, I just try to really be specific about it and be upfront and say like, look, these are the times that we're going to do that. And these are the times we're not going to do that. So I think 
if they know that they still have those opportunities, then they may be more open to, you know, doing some things that are more structured or like, you know, being held back at the right times or, you know what I mean? As opposed to, you know, it's only this way or that way. Like it can be both. You just need to know if that's part of who they are. Right. Yeah. So basically athletes need to maintain the workout structure, whatever that is. And if that's a group ride or if that's going KOM hunting, then that's fine. But if that's riding easy or, you know, doing a specific interval set, then you need to stick to that. And I think that's one of the main things where people can kind of deviate, um, with their Strava. And I mean, I know I'm guilty of like trying to cut my warm up super short, my cool down super short. Cause like, I want the run to look better on Strava. So like, I've definitely done that kind of thing too. Um, but I, I do think that the more you can <clears throat> reel that in and say, Hey, like there is a reason, like a two minute warm up is not enough. Uh, like, so yeah, I guess trying to maintain the intention of the workout. And then I think that the flip side of motivation is, can be that peer pressure where kind of, we were talking about earlier, man, like so-and-so is riding 300 miles a week. I should probably be riding 300 miles a week. And so you feel, you can kind of feel pressure to kind of change what you're doing. Um, but yeah, kind of all things we've, we've addressed earlier on, but, but I think it can be a great interaction and it's great to see what other people are doing. It can be motivating. You can get some great new ideas, but yeah, just kind of be confident that what you're doing is the right thing for you, no matter what you see on Strava. Yeah. I think too, you know, as a, as somebody who doesn't race anymore, like it's a nice way to still stay engaged with that side of things. You know, it's like, Hey, I still do some stuff. (laughs) it's not it's not what i did but i'm still out there like i'm still moving i'm still i'm still enjoying watching all y'all do stuff um and and sharing that and and being able to connect that way and um like i found myself gravitating more towards that i was like this is kind of the social media that i'm the most comfortable with like it's just kind of like hey we're sharing some workouts you know instead of it's not really that, you know, you share your, and you can share, you know, you can share 50 photos, you know, it's not like, it's not even like Instagram where you can only share 10. I mean, you can just, you know, and that's cool too. You see someone, they go on a, it's, it's fairly tame ride, but they saw a lot of cool stuff and they share it, whatever part of the world. I think that's great. That's super fun. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, on that note, I, I raced against this guy, like 15 years ago in like Slovakia and we still follow each other on Strava and we probably wouldn't like go through the trouble to follow each other on any other social platform, but like we're still connected that way. He still gives me kudos. And it's like, so I still see what he's doing. And yeah, it's kind of like probably wouldn't have like searched out his Instagram, but since we were like Strava buddies from this one race, now we're still like in touch. And, and if I ever went back there, I would totally just message him on Strava and be like, Hey, I'm coming back. You want to go for a ride? And like I said, it's just, it is a good, a good connection. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, well, I think that was a fun, a fun chat about Strava. I don't know how you guys are feeling. Feeling good. Go no. 130 miles tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've got some work to do. I, I'm just checking what you guys are up to. So yeah. time to get, I'm actually, there's still some daylight left here, so I'm going to head out for a quick ride. I think it's probably time. <laughs> Grab a few KOMs. I think it's a cool conversation. You know, it's such a back when we, I think all of us in this room started training, we started out with, you know, just an old school training log where we wrote down what we did and we called up our buddy and said, Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? And like to see sort of like, like everything, how things have evolved and we're connected and we get to see all these things, you know, it's, it's, um, 
it's all just changed so much and, and a lot of really good things that it's brought and, and then caution the caution people about the things that might be pitfalls and they can watch out for. And, you know, hopefully it continues to be a positive thing in our community and, and helps us, like you say, like, even as far as making safer, safer rides for us and knowing where the spots are to go when you go visit somewhere and who you're connected to and, and that's like-minded and all of those things. So um, pretty cool conversation. Appreciate you guys being here today. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. It's always, it's always fun to hear new experience perspectives. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you guys. Enjoy. All right. All right. Cheers. Bye. See ya.